Welcome to the Smart Sister Podcast for real girl chats on the important things in life. I'm Emma, a passionate teacher here to build your confidence. And I'm Laura, a high school student with a passion for health and wellness. In this podcast, we'll redefine what it means to be a smart girl by talking all things mindset, wellness, study, relationships and lifestyle. We're the sisters you always wished you had. Ready? Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. I'm so excited to be here back again, recording up an episode for you guys. Welcome back. Woo. Feels like it's been forever. Really though? <laughs> it's only been a week, Laura. Yeah, well, weeks go slow in my life. How have you been? I've been pretty good. Just really excited to get to the end of the term to school holidays. It's coming up very soon. Being a teacher it gets very tiring around the end of term so know, right? very excited for a break and you same as being a student it's really tiring <laughs> at the end of term all the assessments so really looking forward to end of term <laughs> well would you rather my marking or would you rather the assessments i would rather the marking because your marking's easy oh yeah 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 <laughs> all right well i guess we should introduce what today's topic is going to be about Yes, so today we're talking about our top five study tips and habits and some little tricks along the way to achieve your study goals as well as some of our stories. I guess, yeah, I've always like, I've always been a student who values study and knows that in order to like get somewhere and have success in your life, you can't just like, it's more than just study, 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 study all the time. Like you need to study smart and you need to study with like a goal and you need to have like some strategies in there. Otherwise you're just going to get nowhere. There's no point of just like doing a lot. Don't you agree? Yeah. I find that for me, it's definitely about the type of studying instead of just, oh, I have to do study. What do you mm. mean by that? You have to break it up. Mm. What type of studying do you like or what works for you? And especially, yeah, work smarter, not harder. Instead of the overload of studying, just make it effective. Yeah. Which is what we're going to talk about. I mean, like, we all have, like, other things going on in our lives. So you don't just want to spend your whole life studying. And I know that in high school it can feel like it's the only thing you ever have time to do. Um, but, I mean, I'm a teacher and I'm here to give you some of my tips from, yeah, I guess an educator's perspective. And, Laura, you're a student, so you've... You're like right in the thick of things. Yes. And I've also gone through high school and uni and I'm doing a master's at the moment. So I have plenty of study tips that, yeah, hopefully you guys can get something out of. You have study habits of all the different times of life, high school, uni and... (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) I guess so. All right, Laura, get us started. Tip number one. All right. So tip number one is break up your study into smaller chunks, which are able to be achieved instead of looking at the word on your to-do list as the word study for the weekend. Mm, That's always so like stressful. I have to study chemistry or I have to study some maths. Like, especially for someone who finds studying challenging or doesn't know how to just start, has to find like a motivation to start studying. If you just see the word study, you're going to get nowhere. I'm sorry. It's very true. Yeah, yep. You're going to get nowhere. But if you break it up into smaller chunks, like, okay, this morning I'm going to do one page of chemistry notes and then I'm going to do exercise two of methods. I don't know. Anything. Mm-hmm. Just breaking it up into smaller tasks allows you to have that satisfaction of completing one of them and then it makes you motivated to complete the next one yeah yeah it just makes it 
easier to get your mind around instead of just staring at the word study. And I think that's important. I guess another example is like, say you've got like a test coming up and in order to get prepared for that assessment, there's like so many different things that you have to do in order to like be fully prepared, no matter what the subject is, or if it's like an English assignment or if it's something at uni, like an exam, like you can't just say study and have that on your to list because you can't ever tick it off. You can't like ever be like, yep, done study. Like how do you ever know like when it's done? It's like having the smaller tasks means that like you actually feel that sense of accomplishment. And it's, like you said, it's motivating. Um, and yeah. you can actually see like after today, like I actually did this, this and this. So I guess like another example is sort of um, say you've got um, oh, an exam. All right. There's things, all the things that you need to do for that exam. You would need to go over your notes. You would need to highlight the keywords. Maybe you need to make a glossary. Maybe you need to make some study cards. Maybe you need to go through some chapter review questions. Maybe you need to look at past exams. Writing those and even breaking those things up again, like what do you actually need to do to do the exercise? All right, I need to find the page number. I need to go and complete this question. I need to look back at this other question. Yeah, etc. So just the smaller chunks, the better. I also think that even saying that that's a tip, people might think, well, that just takes so much time to break it up. That's small. Mm. Like I don't have the time to sit there and go through chemistry and find the page number and what questions am I going to do? That takes up a lot of time to break it up. But I think that in order to do that, you have to set aside a time like per week or I don't know, per month to allocate that time weekly or daily, however you do it, that works for you. Even, yeah, daily. Yeah, daily. Like when I come home from school, I break it up. I'm like, okay. This is what I'm going to do from this time to this time. Not, not even that specific sometimes, but just knowing that I have to do this, this and this before the end of the night makes it easy to know, okay, I've done it instead of just yeah. study maths. Then you don't know if you studied because you can't really think back and think, okay, I've studied. You don't have that task set out. Yeah, you can't ever know that it's done. I guess that kind of brings us to tip number two, something that I've used in the past. I haven't, I'm not really using it currently, but I've, I've definitely used it in the past. It's been helpful. It's called the Eisenhower matrix. Basically, it's just like this little grid thing that you can use to separate your, like all your to-dos and all your study and like other things in life in four different boxes. And there's four different boxes and I'll kind of go through like what they mean, but you might need to like go onto our Instagram to just like see the visual of it um, when we post this episode. So the first box is like the urgent and important things. So that might be something like it's something that you have to do and it's straight away. It's going to happen tomorrow. Maybe it's like you need to make sure that you completed this worksheet. Yeah. Written out your cheat sheet for a test. Something that's like urgent but not important might be like, you know, your crush DMs you on Insta. It's like, oh my God, I need to check it. You know, like it's not really important to study. But it feels urgent because like it's right there. And it's like, boom, a notification. So it feels like, yeah, so things like that. Something else might be like, you know, your emails, that's kind of like urgent, but it's not really that important. Yeah. All right. The next quadrant is things that is important, but not urgent. So something like, you know, like spending quality time, like with your family Any, any anything else, Laura, you can think of that's like important, but not like urgent. I think it's like, I don't know, I, I need to do a workout today. Yeah, that's a good example. Like it's important because I haven't done one today or I feel like I need to because it makes me feel better. But it doesn't help with my study. It's not really important. I have a test tomorrow, but mm-hmm. what's more important at the time is up to you. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon that would fit there. And I guess like the point of this plan is to actually help separate all these things in your brain. And then you can like go through in the order of the boxes, like when to do what. Yeah. 
All right, so quadrant number four, the last box is like the not important and the not urgent things. So they're just like things you should probably try and just like get rid of in your life. Delegate to someone else, you know, it's just like that scrolling, endless social media and overanalyzing like your work, you know, like making sure the font on your cheat sheet is like so good. I can relate to that. Reorganizing like to the level of detail that's probably like not really that important or not really that urgent either. Yeah, so it's just like, I mean, Laura, have you ever felt like you're doing the not important and the not urgent things? Yes, I do. I feel it, but sometimes it's actually beneficial. So I feel that doing stuff, I mean, it doesn't really work like that, but sometimes doing the things that you just, a small thing like, oh, I need to quickly just vacuum my room or I need to just, I don't know, clean up the dinner. Then Yeah, but that's an important, that's an important but not urgent thing. Well, then what's not important, not urgent? Going shopping. Yeah, online shopping. Watch Netflix. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a good procrastinator. <laughs> it's a good procrastinator. Like, this is a, this episode is supposed to be like a study tip, not a procrastination tips episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, if you were to give you an episode on um, procrastination tips, then I'm pretty sure we don't need more, more ideas for that. I think everybody knows how to procrastinate right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess my little study tip for you guys, tip number two is like draw out this little quadrant whenever you're feeling like overwhelmed um, and just try and like put all your things that you have to do um, into that little matrix. So yeah, number three, Lauren, do you want to share? Okay, tip three is about having an accountability partner. And I think this is a good one for Emma, for you, because Mm -hmm. you have your boyfriend there with you 24-7. Yeah, but he... He's not the one making me study. You're the one making me study. You're always messaging me. me like, yes. You're like, have you done your assignment yet, Emma? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it's in a different way because he's there. And if he's yeah. like doing work or not, then you might feel like, oh, well, maybe I should do something. But yeah, even having an accountability partner can be like a friend that's either doing the same subject as you maybe and they're doing the yeah. homework. So you feel like you should work together on something. You don't want it to be a friend that's like the party friend no. or like the not good at school friend. You want it to be like someone who's no, also yeah. like invested in the subject. Someone who's more studious or more invested in their schooling. Yeah. And then also it could be a sibling, so you. <laughs> someone who's either your age, younger or older, because especially with our age gap and you being a teacher, it's just... This kind of works. <laughs> yeah, I always know. I'm like also even a parent. I mean, that's not really can't really relate. Hey, mom, tell me to study. <laughs> not really, yeah. Depends like on the relationship that you have with your parents. Like some people like don't really have that relationship, but for other people, like they share a lot of things with like their mom. Yeah, that's and, like, true. Their dad or whoever they live with, and like maybe you know, like they could be like, all right, make sure you encourage me yeah. to finish this before I like if, you're talking, if you're talking about um an assignment or an assessment task coming up with your with mm. your mum say for example and then they they continuously ask every now and then like oh have you done any revision tonight like <laughs> oh it's so annoying but like it might be annoying like just mm. shut up all right I haven't stop rubbing it in but it can also <laughs> be like a little like reminding bell in the back of your mind like oh, yeah. yeah i need to get home to that your mom is like that <laughs> annoying notification that just comes up on your phone it's like oh my god stop like, bing, i know it's like bing. you snooze <laughs> you just want to like snooze yeah <laughs> i'll come back to that later but you know it's always in the back of your mind so yeah, yeah i guess having accountability partner i'm 
I, something I always do with this is I'll message a friend. and be like, all right, today I'm going to do this. Say it's like, I'm going to write a hundred words on my assignment or something. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, I know that I need to do it. So then I can message him and be like, I did it. I did my goal. And then like, I'll have a glass of wine or I'll like go for a nice walk or go to the beach or something. As I <laughs> yeah, give yourself treat. a reward. That's a good one as well. Yeah. All right. Tip number four is basically based around the idea that there's so many different ways to study. Mm. That can include like if you're a visual learner where you prefer to read a diagrams or tables or or draw a picture like drawing. Do, do, yeah, do yeah drawing notes. it out or making a mind map or something like artistic that can yeah. help you study that's that's one like system of studying and there's also auditory so like watching videos listening to a teacher explaining things with others even it's like talking in auditory yeah listening to podcasts on that topic yeah listening to a podcast <laughs> or even just yeah listening to a teacher in class like obviously that can be a bit boring but some people might like that um physical learning so like when you go out and explore you know when you're in science and you're seven and you go around the school and you like wander around like that yeah. could be a type or like even in the laboratory yeah physical learning can also be like doing these things whilst exercising using movement yeah. as a way to remember like you know You've got 10, you go, you make up like a hopscotch thing or something. And like each step that you take is like a memorizing a word for like a definition. So it's like connecting like the physical movement into like the learning of that concept. Or like going for a run whilst listening to a learning lecture. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, I always go to this part. I always run to this park when I'm listening to this subject. And then I always go here. Yeah. This other place when I'm listening to that subject. And then it helps you like remember when you're in like a different environment as well. Yeah, that's true. That's just a little advanced tip for me from the teacher. <laughs> the last one is like a linguistic learner. So that's kind of like person that um, learns more through reading or through writing, you know, explaining, just consuming lots of um, written written content. Yeah. Laura, which do you reckon you fall most into? Um, I think I have a bit of everything, to be honest. Well. I do like a mixture of linguistic and visual and auditory. <laughs> Just yeah, so well, actually, like research actually says that like the best learning happens when you're actually doing a mixture. Well, look at me go. Like if you just do one of these things, <laughs> then it's actually bad for you. Like it's not actually the best learning. Yeah. You won't learn in the best way. So like all the research from education always says like um, whenever you're studying for something, you should try and incorporate like as many different things as possible. So yeah, that's why it's important when you're studying to do like lots of different strategies in order to actually learn what you need to learn in the most number of ways. You know, like, for example, you've got a test on anatomy of the human body. Think of all the ways that we could revise for that. Oh, there's so many different ways that I did that when I learned all about that. I did so many diagrams. I did flashcards. I did like movement of that part of the body when I was doing it. I was listening to videos explaining like the different um principles of each type of movements and even like yeah reading about them and summaries and oh doing like a glossary as well is another good one and like there's so many like online tools at the moment as well that you can like learn this stuff through like Khan Academy like Enrollo Education Perfect like all those different tools Edrollo. So good. <laughs> yeah. So like depending on like what your school has or like if you're at uni or whatever, um, see if there's like a tool online that you can also learn from as well. If you do biology, the Amoeba sisters will help your life. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. As a teacher, I always use their content as well if I'm teaching science. Yeah. So good. 
I just also think that say, yeah, you have a test coming up and it's on the anatomy. If you only use linguistic strategies, then you're only going to be remembering it in one way. Mm. But if you use different strategies, you're actually revising more times than just by reading or writing numerous times because it's like using different parts of your brain and it strengthens all of like the learning throughout your whole brain instead of just focusing on like, yeah, the visual part of like your parietal lobe or something like that. It's like found everywhere in your brain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A good assessment will always assess your knowledge in a variety of ways. So you need to be able to like interpret and analyze and evaluate and explain it in different ways, using different modes anyway. So you might as well do your study in that way. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's also, you know, this. it might sound complicated, it might sound how I'm like, oh, my God, this just means, like, do I have to do so much more study? Well, no, it's actually, you know, it will take you a while to sort of figure out what strategies work for you. Maybe, you know, you're someone that likes to use, like, something like Quizlet on your phone to have the flashcards, or maybe you're someone who likes to handwrite them out, you know, but until you've actually tried so many of these different strategies in so many different classes that you might be taking, you won't actually know, like, what's the best for you. Do you reckon it took you a while to sort of figure out what strategies works for you? Like you're in year 11 now. How long do you reckon it took? Um, to be honest, I think it's gotten up to like halfway through last year. Because mm-hmm. coming from year six, I obviously had no experience with assessment. So straight as I came into year seven, I was like, whoa, how do I like do this? It took me so many years to figure out like, okay, maybe like the different types of studying that works for different subjects. Yes, that's even more complicated. For maths, I don't think watching, like doing Quizlet is really going to help me. Like doing practice questions is what I find best maths. And then for, say, French, especially for me, it's a lot of listening and trying to like get it involved and like watching videos in French or trying to write out things in French. I don't really do that that often, to be honest. But yeah, just but like, like I put lots of post- posters in the bathroom with all the words that I just want to look at often and that's a good visual technique. And I think that different subjects have a different way for me that I like to learn best in. It's taken me a lot of years to figure that out. I mean, I'm the same. And, like, if you think about teaching as well, like we don't teach each subject in the same way either. Like there's a different sort of methods and strategies that work well for teaching certain concepts just in the same way that you don't learn to drive in the same way that you might learn to play the violin like it's all you learn you learn things you learn different things in different ways so you might as well use the different strategies and take the time to actually find what works for you and like you know even if you're 25 and then like you still don't know you know if you prefer (laughs) like handwriting or digital then who cares like one day you'll actually you know one day you'll finally, you know, be able to understand yourself. And that's kind of, yeah, it's all part of the journey of becoming a smart girl. Like you've just got to like figure out, you know, like your version of what that means. I agree. (laughs) All right. Tip five. Should we dive in? Tip five. Oh, this is just like the be all and end all, I reckon. Like if you don't have this, then like, Sorry, but why are you gonna be sorry? (laughs) It's gonna be hard. Like tip five, I think the best way to summarize is like have a growth mindset about what you're doing. Always be open, be confident, just don't be so like, oh my god, I can't do this, it's so hard, it's so challenging, I'm never gonna improve, I'm so dumb, I'm so unintelligent, I wasn't born to be like this. Like, if you think in that negative way, that is what's gonna happen. 
you need to have a growth mindset. Like, Laura, what do you think like, in terms of a growth mindset for you? What does that mean? For me, uh, this is kind of related, but not really. I kind of think that having a growth mindset for me means that accepting myself because mm. there's like there's only like one or two subjects at the moment or not even subjects, just parts in life that I find challenge not one or two like parts of life yeah. or subjects that I find challenging for example chemistry mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely think that yes I'm not ignoring the fact that I have a lot of meltdowns and work so I feel like I work so hard for this subject and but then it doesn't pay off and then I beat and myself it will. up about it it actually will in the long run no I know and then I think why like why can't I understand this concept why is everybody else understanding it and not me and then I have a setback and think well not capable I'm just like I'm forever just like yeah. not able to do this instead of thinking oh like I'm so dumb I don't get chemistry because I'm so dumb why don't I do it and they do instead of thinking like that think well, actually, no, I do get chemistry. It's just maybe under test conditions I find it a bit challenging or comp- sitting and comparing myself to others is more challenging or I understand the, the equations more than I do than this. Yeah. Like giving yourself some credit also helps instead of just thinking like I'm so bad at everything. Yeah, because you actually, there's always things that you can do. You just got to like look hard enough to actually find those. Yeah. Yeah, I find that as particularly as a teacher, like students saying like, oh, I'm so bad at math or I'm so dumb at this. It's like, no, like maybe you're just missing this like one part of it, but you actually can do 75% of what I'm asking you to do. It's just because maybe you can't get like this really hard question that you just think the whole topic is dumb and you're so bad at like the whole subject. And Yeah. Yeah, so having a growth mindset, I mean, I think we'll do like a whole other like maybe episode on this later, but it's just something I'm so passionate about. I'm always like you need to be open to learning and need to be open to growth. If you're not willing to change and you're not thinking that it's even possible, then it's not going to be. If you think that you're not going to learn and grow, then you won't. So whatever you're learning in life, whatever whatever you're studying, maybe you don't like it, but even if you don't like the subject, still remain confident that you actually can do it. So I know like it can be hard to sort of put effort into subjects that you might like as much. But know that even if you don't like something, still believe in the fact that you can actually improve in it if you put in the effort. Effort yeah. equals progress. Yes. And I think by putting in the effort, then you'll know that you've worked for it. And if something pays off with your, all of your effort, you just feel so much better about yourself. You're like, mm. that was something hard and now I can find that actually doable. And if you see that difference in change of your ability, then it's just even more motivating. You're like, well, look, yeah. I can do it. Yeah, later in life, I could just keep on compounding. Like maybe you put in a lot of effort and you didn't get the result you wanted, but then you'll try again next time and you'll get a little bit more improvement, a little bit more improvement. But all through that process, you're building your confidence and yeah, just working on your mindset. Oh, there's so much more I could talk about that topic, but I, I think that's probably like a good wrap up. What do you reckon, Laura, the five tips for studying? Yeah. I don't want to overwhelm everybody with our wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. It's a very good little summary. Um, yeah, I guess any like parting words, inspiration, just like a little powwow for the listeners. I just think the cringy classic cliche progress is greater than perfection for yes, me. I'm all for that. Progress is greater than perfection. Let's 
put that in now. That needs to be in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that probably brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. Really hope that you got something out of it. And yeah, if you could please leave us a rating or review on iTunes and share this episode with someone that you think might find it useful or even just share it on your, on your Instagram stories. Hell yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> or even share it with someone who you think would be your like study inspiration. Yes. Or like your accountability partner. Yeah, that's the one. Share it with your accountability partner. Yeah, exactly. And like we know that some of these tips like you might have heard before and it's like, oh, yeah, I've already heard that before. Like why would I bother to implement it? But like it means that they're truthful. Yeah, it means that they're truthful. And like we've actually gone through it. We know that they work. We're not just like, you know, some book that's just telling you or like some random person that's just like, oh, yeah, you should do this because like so-and-so said. We've actually gone through it and we know that it actually works. So Yes. Yeah. All right. Well. Might leave it there. Well. See you in the next So don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram at the Smart Sister Podcast. We've just started our new Instagram, so we'd love it to get some new followers. And to also follow my account, which is Laura.lifestyle. For yeah, even more health and wellness tips from Laura herself. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for listening and we'll speak to you very soon. Bye for now. Bye.